Welcome back to the Troubleshooting Life Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Peters, my co-host, Craig Poston, where we talk about various topics, sharing our experiences on life and finances. What's up, man? What is going on? Not much. And yeah, how's things going? Well, pretty good. Pretty good. I was I was thinking, like, I knew you were probably asked about, like, goals and stuff, and I was like, man, I don't think they, they move too much, man. We're just, like, not necessarily busy, just kind of doing a lot of stuff, like, like this week, mostly just work and stuff, but, uh trying to get the other place ready and get uh, contractors in over there to fix up the flooring, stuff like that, and making sure, like, you know, i got a pod ready for, like, stores and stuff. i got got to make sure my roommates are taken care of and stuff like that. So that's been yeah. most of my week, just making sure everything's kind of lining up and, and communicated properly. And, yeah, not, nothing, nothing too big this week. What about you, man? Uh, uh, I mean, you know, been a week. So, uh, you know, a lot of times the goals don't move as much, but – yeah. Um, you know, still same thing, just trying to gather contacts for my property because basically this is like the, I'm using this as the foundation, uh, figure out how to uh, gain the contacts, understand who uh, I need to talk to, uh, if I, what CPA is the best CPA, uh, who's the, the best law firm that deals with real estate, uh, those things, trying to look into all those items. Mm-hmm. So I can start to do that scale thing, right? You, so basically as you, you, in a sense, like a franchise, right? It's a business in a box. They learn how mm-hmm. to put all the processes uh, and policies together in one space and then mm-hmm. sell it to you. Uh, in a sense, that's I'm going to do that for myself and then scale and then see if I can repeat, you know, mm. and swash and repeat, right? Uh, yeah. and, and just keep going. No, that's good. That's good, man. Yeah. So, and, that, and that's the thing, like taking the time to sit down because uh, you know I, obviously we still do the nine to five thing so that that takes yeah. time uh you know oh it takes time man yeah and family all all these things take time like my saturday was pretty much might as well just call the shot so that's why you know we didn't do this on a, on a saturday yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, the kids had basketball games so i was just like okay yeah, yeah. well and then after that we just hung out together when you know went and ate yeah, yeah. And you just just did things together like just act like we didn't have anywhere to be at, at that point after we did all the games. So, yeah. And yeah, you know, I just, just chilling and stuff. Not, not really worrying about the hustle and bustle, but yeah. 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 No, that's good, man. It's de- definitely the quality time and stuff with, with the kiddos. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And that's pretty much how, how everything's going. So, and that's that the same thing with the goal. I think or we talked about, you know, kind of almost forcing myself to, get myself started with certifications. So I already just, oh, yeah. I paid for one voucher and that's uh basic so I can make my, make myself get going. Mm. Yeah. Now, dare I ask about the book? <laughs> yeah. 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 That's it. That definitely, I'm gonna have to, that, yeah, I definitely hadn't started that. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I had some basically a, an outline and that, that's about a, a title. Maybe I had a title, but yeah, I might've had a title and uh, that's probably about as far as I, I've gotten on that. And then what I'm thinking is probably what I hear a lot of people do when it comes to books. They just have to section off time and that's the book time. Yeah. Or, running time. Yeah. And then the other, like other thing that people would do is like, you know, they take if, if what take three months or something like that, knock it out, you know, just, just working on that. I mean, it's just, you know, everyone had these different avenues, you know, when you're at this di- different stage in your life, I, yeah. I don't know if I can take three months off without and and not have to go to another job. I mean, yeah. I don't, I could take three months off and not worry about bills, but like 
that's not the same as uh no yeah yeah i mean you know staying with the same company no so what i was saying like a lot of people like that were writing and stuff and kind of made me think about like you writing your book was that they just wrote love yeah. like it, it necessarily wasn't like on topic or anything but like they would write like say at a minimum like a page right i think that they were they were speaking more in, in words rather than pages yeah but like like write a page a day right just just write it right like whatever thoughts kind of come to your mind during that time or whenever yeah. like um say like so for example like yesterday i was i was getting some work done on on adri's car so like i was just sitting there and i was just on the computer just like writing down notes and like that's that's when i was texting you and stuff but i was like hey I got, i'm doing this 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 and this and yeah just doing like random stuff like it wasn't like structured or anything it was just like time to kind of like brainstorm and yeah. like write stuff down so i have like the google notes and stuff going and yeah it was just just writing so I, that, that's just one thing i've heard of people doing like when they're trying to write a book or when they're writing because just like one guy where he's like it's not hard for him to write a book he just he just writes like yes he, he just writes and, and i'm sure like i'm sure there's a difference between like fictional and non-fictional writers like for the yeah. genres and stuff i say you know stephen king versus like or a Warren Buffett or, or some sort of business person mm -hmm. that writes books because it's different. Like it's not as, not necessarily as creative when you're doing like nonfiction, right? But it's, um, it's more like, you know, the story you're telling, like for most business people might be dry, right? As in like the content may not seem like sexy or exciting or whatever it is, right? But yeah, I mean, I'd say just, just write. It's like on your phone, write and on a notepad, I'd write whatever it is. Yeah, but I think it's still one of those uh, where you have to make it a priority. Uh, if it's not at the yeah. top of the goals, it, it won't get hit right away. Yeah, or make yeah. it the only focus, right? Like, uh, I mean, you can only have so many goals. Yeah. Um, you can't necessarily split your focus eight different ways, right? Yeah. So, like, if the focus right now were, like, and you can think of it as on, like, seasons, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Like how, you know, we as people have seasons. San Antonio doesn't necessarily have a season that's either cold or high. Um, and it's not even cold, it's, like, lukewarm. But yeah, no, think of it like that way. Like, like you have a season of like real estate, right? Where you're focusing on that. You have a season of like working on your certifications, professional stuff. You yeah. have a season of writing, right? And you know, it's it's so like, like it's not like you're not focusing on all those things. It's just that you're putting one as like like you said as a priority or primary focus. And so like all these things are necessarily on the back burner. But like yeah. your main thing that you're working on is is taking up most of your attention, most of your space. And you know, like for example, like you know, kids got school right at, at different time intervals and like seasons right seasons of 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 sports i should say sorry i don't know if that's cool but sports wise right and then so that takes up a lot of your attention right you can't necessarily do a lot of the the free things that you could but yeah no yeah just take it as cyclical yeah no, i, I can gather that because like what i could do is shorten a list of goals see if you can hit goals quarterly and then put that one on the list of priorities because this is it's quarter to work on that goal yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I guess that's a, a better way to look at it, and the the focus would be there at that point because that's the goal for that quarter, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's what, that's what I'm gonna ask you too. Like, how often do you check in with your goals? Because last year, man, I said I was gonna check in with my goals every quarter. That didn't happen, as you could tell with the last pod or probably even previous pods. I I, I dropped most of the goals, and it's not like they weren't attainable or anything. It's just like I didn't evaluate that what was I willing to do to, to accomplish that goal and slash did this goal even not necessarily mean something to me, but did I value that goal at all? Like, yeah. did I really value playing the harmonica? No, I just thought it was something different and yeah. something new to learn. So, and yeah, I thought I like the mind, right? 
yeah, I thought, yeah, different and new would make something like the mind grow, um, or talents grow, whatever it is. But, you know, like your, I think the saying is like your energy goes or your focus goes where your energy flows, right? So like whatever you really focus on, that's where your energy is going to put more towards, right? So if you're really focused on getting into shape, then you'll, you know, you'll work out a little bit more or you'll have more intention behind your workouts. You'll uh, create a nutrition plan, you'll, whatever it is, right? Um, because that's where your energy is right now. That's where your focus is right now. But, uh, at that point, when I first heard it, I thought it was like, always have one focus and never have like another one or not necessarily don't have another one. But if your focus is like, say making money, make yeah. all your efforts towards making money, whether that's your nine to five, whether that's real estate, whether that's investing, whatever it is. But, and then I started hearing about like cyclical or season, seasonal type of things. Like, you no, know, there's a season where you were in college. Right. There was a season where you were like full time in the military active duty. There's a season where you were getting a nine to five job, right? There's a season of, of learning, there's a season of earning, whatever it is. Right. Yeah, I just call that a different phases of life because yeah. it seems like yeah. Because you're growing every I, I I feel like you grow to a different person every decade, but that may not work for everyone, but someone might think that, yeah, I can do it in five years or whatever. But Yeah. I, but if I go back and look on the last decade and I'm like, well, yeah, my thought pattern was different. Everything, the focus was on this and now my focus is on something else now, you know, like yeah. it's on building a business versus like just trying to, you know, be part of active duty, be part of the military and making sure that I'm successful and and my goals there, you know, it, everything, you know, and some things carry over, like, uh, definitely being a good father and husband. Uh, mm. those goals carry, carry on and on. Cause you want to make sure that's something I try to check in with myself too, mm. to make sure I'm not being a terrible parent, which uh, most of us aren't. It's just you know, something personal we feel. And then the same thing is like, you know, being a good husband, not mm. neglecting the, you know, certain emotions because you've been together so long and mm-hmm. especially in the, you, you being in something like the military, you learn how to turn off those you know, those emotions and then yeah. you forget you need to turn it back on for the, you know, the person that you're with, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Separator. Uh, I think it's called code switching where, um, you know, you have a different basically language yeah. that you speak, right? Like when you're like in a professional setting, in a military setting versus like when you're more like a romantic relationship setting. Yeah. yeah I know that those are, and it, those are hard switches. Cause just think about like the amount of time you spend at work right in comparison to the amount of time you may see your your kids or your spouse it, it, then like people don't want to like acknowledge it but it's true like especially active duty you're definitely spending more than eight hours with people at work or people yeah. around you right like yeah that's just reality of it. and i think like people have done the numbers and like done studies is that they're like couples that don't work together um and don't work in the same industry either they'll spend that max like i think an hour and a half to two hours a day yeah. with their actual uh, spouse like averaged out and they're saying that like about 45 minutes of that so about half of that is like you know watching a, a tv show or something like that yeah. so like so their problem isn't necessarily like space between each other because there's tons of that it's more like they don't they no longer have that connection to each other yeah. so they become a little too like familiar with each other become more like roommates and shit like that rather than partners and so like you just kind of have to find that balance like if, if that's the reality where you two are both working and you're in different industries, how can you create more closeness between, uh, uh, towards each other? Right. Yeah. Or 
And it helps it. Like, say, if you're both working, like, say, you work for the same company or you're working in the same industry, like, how do you create that space, right? Because, yeah. you know, like, I, like I've been saying, like, moderation is, is a big thing. Um, we kind of brought it up in like previous podcasts, like even moderation in working out, right? That that's a yeah, that's a big thing. You just kind of have to find a lot, like that that nice balance of of space and familiarity yeah. to where it's a little bit more cohesive. There's you know less arguments, less you know disgruntled discussions and stuff like that. Yeah, one of the things too that with goals you can you know it it's there to stretch you right. Uh, so when you're you're pushing yourself, you're you're becoming a new person. Uh, sometimes you don't even realize what you can and can't do. Cause I definitely in the military, I, as I was growing in the military, I was realizing that I was mentally blocking myself on a lot of things. Mm. And, you know, with that, you know, you don't understand that you can do so much more. Like I didn't mm. understand that I could run faster than, than mm. I was acting, you know, like I, I was, I was telling myself that that's too much for me. I, I might pass out or, you know, mm. I couldn't do any more push-ups or yeah. well, that certain amount of time. I couldn't do X amount of push-ups. And they're not true, but like you said, they're mental blockers. Yeah. And then running faster. Like when, you, when it comes, like you would think that you would pass out by, you know, trying to run half a foot, you know, run sprints, run, uh, but the, like say the size of a half a football, football field. Right. So 50 yards, right. Yeah. Basically you're, you're relay racing 50 yards and then running back in a sense. Yeah. Right. And, you, you basically you're giving it your all and, it, and and a lot of times i didn't realize that i could do that like i, I was like pushing hard mm-hmm. and i lasted the whole time now like that knew that i you know i knew i was in great shape at that point but it was all because i was stretching myself it wasn't that i was telling myself mentally that i'm i, I can't i can't do it and it kind of leads into what we're we're talking about this week right our topic you know create your own yeah. adversity yeah uh, yeah because that that definitely helps out with that growth the growth of mindset in a sense, right? Yeah. And I think like, um, kind of before we go into the topic, like, so like something that you and I experience kind of similarly, you know, boot camp, right. Yeah. Where you'll realize like, like most people, they just want to quit. Right. Yeah. Like, because it's like, it's such of a shock to them that like, you know, not sleeping for a certain amount of time or having to be up at certain times or doing like certain activities, like consistently or, or yeah. maybe even inconsistently, like stuff that you normally just wouldn't do or uh, people like you, you have to listen to certain people because of a certain thing or because of like a certain rank and stuff like that. Like yeah. those are all like different shocks. And I think some people they'll identify that it may be hard, but they don't actually understand the the feeling of how hard. Right. Yeah. So they'll, they'll go into it with the mindset like, yeah, this isn't going to be easy, but yeah. they may say that and then they still go through it. And I was like, damn, I still want to give up. Right. Yeah. But it's because the, the, the saying versus the feeling of how hard it is are two different things. Like you said, running, like you said, running faster, right? You, you probably knew, you knew it was hard, right? Like yeah. That's what the mental blocker, right? It's like, man, I, I couldn't do this, but then you didn't feel how hard or maybe how easy it was. Right. And like how easy it would be to improve. Right. Same with like going to the gym, um, going to school, whatever it is, right. There's, yeah. there's certain like thresholds and most of them are mental blockers right not necessarily like physical or emotional blockers right because those are uh probably have higher thresholds but the mental blocker is like i can only get to this level or my mind is only saying i can get to this level which yeah isn't true right and and some people will say like they kind of stop having those mental blockers when they see someone else do it right like uh, i think yeah, one of the things yeah. is like having like yeah. a like a four minute mile i think used to be 
the stupid as impossible as though someone yeah. did it and then other people started doing it right it, it's just like things that aren't true yeah that we kind of make true and i think if you know people were not necessarily focusing on the statements they focused on like the actual feeling of it so like yeah instead of the statement of like this is hard it was like well how hard could it be and am i willing to feel how how hard it, it'll be right or how difficult it'll be um, it'll be well that we call like a mental pioneer because you're like and mm-hmm. you you kind of push you know you do something that nobody else would do but only because they think that it's too hard it mentally too hard or uh you know you kind of break through mm-hmm. and like you're like always the trendsetter you know the mm-hmm. pioneer for everything yeah yeah, yeah so yeah. Yeah, that, that's to me that uh, that's something I would have to. I don't want to say I probably do it in some things, but like that's something that my mind has to grow to become that mental pioneer. Where like mm-hmm. I could just keep, I keep coming up with my own ideas. I, I create my own Guinness Book World Records, right? Like it, yeah. like mentally, like no, I'm breaking something else. I'm breaking something, and I just keep going. Uh, yeah, that's something uh, that I would like to just train my myself to just constantly keep doing that. Yeah, do it every now and again, but like not not all the time. Mm. So for me, it was like more like realistic expectations, right? Yeah. Where like like I just uh, try to take on as much stress as possible. Yeah. Because at that, I, kn- I already know at some point in the future I'm going to be stressed. So like I'm going to be in a car accident. I'm going to be I don't know doing something. Someone's going to steal from me. Whatever it is, yeah. right? And I know it's going to be stressful, but like. It's a, it's expected. Like I don't expect everyone to be nice, right? I yeah. don't expect to not get into a car accident, right? That's what stuff like insurance is for, right? Yeah. So like when I go through those things, I'm not panicking, right? I'm not in a specific mode where I can't think straight. I, yeah, you know, logical and concise on when it happens. So I'm like, well, if someone stole from me, I got insurance, right? And you know, call the police, whatever it is, right? Yeah. I know the steps to take, so I'm I'm not in this like this mode where I have to run around. And and figure out what's going on. Yeah. So going on to the topic, uh, yeah. great university. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it was uh, the first point because uh, you actually uh, did the outline on this one. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to start out with you what you were thinking? Yeah. So like great university. This one, um, I can't remember if I I heard this or uh, if it was just something that came to me. Uh, a lot of these ones, like topics I come up with, like, it's just stuff that I overhear in other podcasts, not saying I'm stealing content from their podcasts. It was just like good ideas or, or good, just things to kind of talk about in general. And this one like kind of resonated with me because I did create my own adversity as in like, I made life harder on myself than I needed to be. And the reason why I say that is like, you know, I came from a, you know, middle-class family. Um, it's not like I came from like a incredibly impoverished family, like, you know, white picket fence type of family. Like they have a house, they have, you know, jobs. So like blue collar jobs, right? Yeah. So it's not like I, I really ever struggled. Like I never, I never wondered like about the next meal and stuff like that. And yeah. like I said, it, they weren't the best off, but, um, but like when I was in high school, I wanted to go to college, right? That, that was just like something that was ingrained in me. Like, Hey, you gotta go to college, right? You know, I, I have Asian parents, so they're very like education focused as in like you have to do education in some sort of form and college is like the only way they knew how to like uh, vocalize that or yeah. focus on. So I wanted to do that. Uh, I got acceptance colleges. It just wasn't the degree I wanted to. And one of them I, I did want to go to was in Rochester, New York. Um, but before I was about to accept it, I, I got into a car accident. Right. And that like made my parents like really worry about like me going out of state. You know, this is when we were here in Texas. Um, so I, I just said no. Right. And there was a few of them where, 
like kind of self-sabotaging like i didn't uh, uh submit the college stuff in time so i ended up joining the military right because like yeah. you know couldn't really get scholarships or i wasn't focused on getting scholarships. there's a lot of things i i i, I should have done and i didn't do if college was the focus i just didn't do them right i'm not gonna make any excuses i just didn't do them um and so you know joined the military came back and honestly i could have stayed with my parents right like i could have just chilled with my parents i had gone to school like i had every intention to go to school and i had already signed up for school and everything like that and so instead of you know trying to pay my bills and go to school i could have just you know stayed with my parents and gone to school and had a part-time job for x amount of time right without worrying too much but instead i decided to move out right and the reason why was because i didn't feel like i was being treated um the way i want to be treated right you know you know i just came back from active duty living by yourself you know it's it doesn't feel good to be treated like a, a child when you feel like you're an adult right yeah um and you know i mean it is what it is so i moved out and you know, i i was not prepared to move out I, i'm pretty sure i've said it a few times where like yeah uh where my job i was making i think i was like making 1200 bucks a month right max and my rent itself was over 800 bucks a month right yeah. and that's not including like utilities like electricity groceries gas that i needed for my car right so like so it became hard. Like I, I made that adversity, right? I made myself basically poor, or broke, right? Because yeah, you know, like if, if I'm paying eight hundred bucks a month or over eight hundred bucks a month for rent, and my pay is only twelve hundred bucks, like really, what, what can I really spend money on? Like nothing, right? Like, yeah. like I could, I could probably even tell you, like, so I think my rent was eight sixty four. Gas at that time for me a month was about like one twenty five, one fifty. Insurance was about the same, about a hundred. 150 bucks internet was 75 like like as you can tell like these numbers just keep like adding on and adding on so like there was no way not necessarily no way there at that time i was not in a position to pay for like groceries and stuff like that so i definitely like ate very minimally and and then i was at school on top of that so like you know working uh nine to five and then uh going to school adding more stress to myself so like I, i added all these adversities to myself and I don't regret it. I definitely don't because it, it definitely helps me grow a lot yeah. quicker. And the reason why I say create your own adversity is because I did. And yeah. in, in my opinion, and, and maybe just only in my opinion, it helped me grow a lot. I would say, yeah, definitely, you know, create your own adversity. Like, like make your life harder. Why not? Like, why would you, then a lot of people, like, they try to fight for like an easier life. And I'm like, why? Like, like it's good to say and it's good to have. Like, yeah, you want an easy and comfortable life, but. What, what is that going to gain you, right? Cause I think it, it's, to me, comfort is just like the the enemy of, of growth. Yeah. Well, I think it's, you know, comfort, like you just said, hey, uh, it's the enemy of growth. But I think it's more is it, that, right? You have to train your, some people have to train their brain. Some people have it, right? To to be have that, keep that growth mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a lot of times in reality, putting myself in a new situation that I possibly shouldn't be in uh, definitely has grown me. Uh, I've, you know, I've told you the story. I haven't told, you know, our listeners the story about how when I was, uh, I want to say 19 or so, uh, getting my own apartment. Mm. Uh, so being in Mississippi, a lot of times you can't sign apartments. You can't get loans until you're 21, mm. but here in Texas, a little different, right? But, yeah. uh, there, since, uh, I was 19, couldn't quite get an apartment. Uh, I actually found a roommate that was 25. The, the apartment wasn't a super expensive apartment, but it was something I, I've never done before. Never had a roommate, never, you know, never lived with anyone outside of my own family. Uh, the only thing that I knew that I didn't like 
home situation. It wasn't bad. It wasn't like I was getting beat or anything like that. Mm. It, I just knew that it was, uh, in a sense, like a, a, a mental prison. All right. Mm. Like I, I, if things I wanted to do, I couldn't do. And I know I wasn't trying to do bad things. You know, it was right. more along the lines. It's just some ideas I wanted to do for growth in my life. Um, you know, my parents didn't necessarily agree with my, even my ideas, and but I agreed with my ideas. And, right. you know, I should be allowed to fail if I'm going to fail. Mm. The thing is, they had a different mindset. They had a bit more of a secure mindset. So where yeah. they, they wanted, like, they want to know that I'm okay. They wanted to know this, you know. Yeah. I'm more like, let's just see first. Yeah. You know, don't tell me it's bad out there. Don't tell me bills are crazy. When mm. and reality, you don't know what my bills will become. Yeah, right? so right. that was like my first taste of gaining my own adversity. Pretty much, I created my own adversity. I, I basically just jumped out there. Yeah, I had it was not smooth. I could tell you that much. The, yeah. the smoothest part was the signing the contract and having the money down uh, the, uh, for the uh, deposit or whatever. Right? Yeah, those are those are the easiest things. But then you still got to deal with actual roommate and if your roommate doesn't have the same mentality you have now you, there's a, a clash there i mean i was left in that apartment by myself for a little bit because i had a, a a close friend of mine and my roommate they made a deal because we all worked at the same place they made a deal without telling me uh one oh. was gonna move out and the other one's gonna move in uh because the other one wants to move with the, uh his fiance and then yeah and which was well you know i was cool with it i was like well i mean bills are getting paid that that's cool but then that's the same thing with my uh, my close friend. He, you know, it was different for him also. And I think he still wanted his lifestyle that he had when he lived with his his, his mom where he could spend whatever he wants. But then once you become an adult, right? You're, yeah. You're there, but you're, now you got to like, yeah. So you got to like, all right, should I buy this or shouldn't I buy that? And I didn't know his total financial situation, financial situation anyway. He. Uh, obviously, he was still coming up with the rent, and but then it got to a certain point where then it switched again, where they were trying to. He, he was like, I, "I need to leave," and I was like, "Okay." Uh, and I think my old roommate was supposed to move back in or something. It was something crazy. Now, you know how time, you know, over time, yeah. right? You lose parts of the the story. Yeah, the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then, like, uh, you know, basically, uh, at that point, I was. I want to say a couple of months I was in the apartment by myself having to worry about things uh, on my own. But guess what? I didn't, I didn't get scared. I didn't, I didn't stop doing what I was doing. Yeah. It was just tough because I knew I didn't have all the money for it. And I hadn't got to that because I was also trying to go to school too. Well, it wasn't, I was going to school. So like that, that, that was tough. So like everything I, I was, the adversity was there. Yeah. <laughs> like it. But I mean, in reality, it actually made me grow. Because then I was allowed to just when it's time to do something else, my brain goes like, "Okay, we'll just let's just try it first, and then not yeah. just stop," you know. So yeah, that that's kind of that was like the you know the Cliff Notes version of that that story. But like, yeah, a lot of it was where my, you know I had to, it, and that's where that that idea too, or not idea, that story came from where I had to wash my clothes in the tub because I didn't have money. That that's where yeah yeah yeah. yeah. There and that was all during that time, you know, and most people, they couldn't, they probably wouldn't be able to do that. I mean, I, that's what I learned how to survive off of $50 every, you know, two weeks or so or something like that. I couldn't remember how often I bought groceries, but it was something like that where I would just spend $50 on like, I'm going to get some lunch meat, hot dog, uh, ramen noodles, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. So, and basically 
I showed the signs that I'm willing to do whatever it takes to mm. make this happen for me. And I was still out there looking for jobs. I was trying to work for banks. I was, you know, I was trying to find anything that can just get me at least in the, the direction I wanted to go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that, yeah, that's the first, first taste of that. Yeah. yeah. And then I know one of our points though, right. Where it's talking about, uh, it promotes empathy, right? I could see that joining the military made me kind of understand where my dad was coming from. Like, mm. When he was, he would tell me these stories about when he was younger about certain things and I didn't necessarily get it, but like, yeah. yeah, but when I actually joined the military, I was like, oh, okay, I see where he's coming from. Okay. Now I understand why, you know, he's always trying to tell these jokes. Sometimes they're, they're corny. Yeah, they try. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, yeah, because usually your your day, right, because things can get stressful, you're trying to to make sure that you're having fun and, and yeah. uh, getting through the suck. You know, as a lot of us say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I, I don't know about you, man. What do you, what, uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, like you said, the, the one of the first parts is promote empathy, right? And a lot of these parts are from like a, a Forbes article that I, I was reading through because it's true, like you know, you you can relate to people that have gone through similar things, right? That's why like people in the military right, you got a brothers in arms type of mentality, like you have a certain level of respect or understanding of what they've been through, right? Even yeah. even in like the minute part, right? Like. And even within them, like you'll you'll have like your own little cliques or factions, like you know, army people understand what uh, army has to, have to go through, navy has understood what navy has to go through, right? And then, you know, certain units, you know, if you're part of the eighty second airborne, you're like, oh yeah, you know, I've been through that, or if you've been to a certain base, stuff like that, right? It's just like it. I think it just promotes that like the brotherhood or camaraderie between each other. And it makes you know certain communications really easy, right? Like so, like if you ever meet someone and you know, they don't really have anything of interest or, or similar interest to you. It's kind of hard to maybe spark up a conversation. It feels very yeah. awkward, right? But when you, like, when they say, hey, you know, I'm in the Navy. Oh, like, oh, yeah, I was in the Army. You know, and, you know, just chop it up, right? Being in the reserves, whatever it is. Like, there's, there's like, certain barriers that you break when that happens. And, like, yeah. you know, like, like you said with your with your parents, right? Um, You get to find, like, new respect for certain things. Because, you know, as a kid, you don't know. You don't know. Yeah, yeah. certain things you just don't know like you, you don't know what it's like to be a parent you don't know what it's like to be you know a working adults having to do certain things so like when you do that like you know, when you start paying your own bills you're like oh well man my parents had to do this for however many years right and they had yeah. to try to feed me like this is pretty rough so uh, yeah you you just gain that that mutual respect between more people and, and each other that i think adversity just really helps you like there's a different type of uh, respect that you get for people that have, you know, are on their own renting stuff or owning stuff, right? Versus someone that's just like staying at home with their parents. And, it, you know, if that's like your lifestyle, it's like stay at home with your parents, that's cool. But, but then there's people that you're not going to be able to relate to. There's conversations you may not be a part of. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, promoting that, that level of empathy uh, w within people is really good. That adversity really helps out. Yeah. And then like a, I think another point you had on here was uh it's post-traumatic growth positive yeah. growth due to stressful or traumatic situations yeah yeah that yeah. uh you, you, th think about it if you can't pay your bill or you feel like you can't pay your bills it's not that you can't pay your bills right mm. uh you feel like you can't you come you start to go on to a different mindset uh definitely when i was working in like dave and busters basically as a server when it was time for rent and I was short, man. I, I I mean, I switched my mode switch. I was already kind of a motivated person anyway. My mode switch, and I would like make phone calls and say, like, "Hey, can I take a shift? Can I take a shift?" Yeah. yeah so like, it, you know, uh, rent's coming up. I don't tell you yeah. rent's coming up, but like, yeah. I know rent's coming up. So then mm -hmm. I start to you know buckle down and figure out what what I want to do. 
and I would take weekday shifts and a lot of people didn't want weekday shifts. They wanted weekend shifts. So like, that's why it was easier to, to do that. And most of the time it's it either is people who are college students or people who don't have a large, you know, responsibility. So like if they're working during the week, they're kind of like, yeah, sure. Take this. Yeah. Mm. And, and I was like, well, I'm about to, I'm about to make this rent, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then sometimes I lucked out. Right. And it turned out to be a busy night. And it's just random. Sometimes you don't know what Wednesday is going to be a busy night, but yeah. it ended up ended up happening. Like people, everyone, all of a sudden wants to come out and have fun. Yeah, and get get more tips, you know. Yeah, whatever it is, you get a lot more hours. Yeah, so it's always it, it. But it's one of those things, though. If I didn't get on the ball and like you know change to the situation, then how would I how would I know that some nights are busy like that where I would actually make make my you know end up paying my rent on time? Mm. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, what situation have you been in where it? Uh, you know, that, that causes growth for you. I mean, you know, kind of the situation I, I described, right. But I think a lot of people go through it, um, you know, especially in the military, cause, uh, everyone hears about what's known as PTSD, right. Post-traumatic yeah. stress disorder where they go through a certain thing, right. And it doesn't necessarily have to be at war. It could be, and, and it's not necessarily to the military, right. It's just, yeah, this specific audience I'm, I'm saying it is cause it can happen at any time, but this is just the, the positive rendition of post-traumatic stress disorder. Like the, the trauma still happens, like the traumatic event still happened but it's how you take it, right? So like, for example, if, like say if you're in a pool, don't know how to swim and you end up yeah. like drowning, right? Someone has to pull you out, right? That could be, it is definitely, a, could be a traumatic situation, a traumatic event, but you can take it in two ways. You can be like, oh, I'm never going in a pool ever again. I'm never going no near water ever again. Or you'd be like, well, I should learn how to swim, right? So that's, that's the post-traumatic growth version of it is that this thing happened to me and I didn't let it debilitate me. Right, I didn't let it handicap my yeah, my yeah. entire life, right? Because now every time you see a pool, you're like, oh, I can't go near there, right? Or if, if you look at the ocean and you're like, ah, oh, it looks nice, I'm not going in there, right? Or you'd be like, oh man, you know, I remember that time I was drowning, like, but now I can swing, right? And it, yeah. and I'm great, right? And I, I, that's just like the thing, like, because that that did happen to me, like when I was a kid, like I I jumped into the pool and I had like a paddle board, and then I thought I could swim in the deep end, couldn't ended up getting pulled out like later, but it, like it, it didn't scare me. And maybe it was cause like, you no, know, my entire family, like we, like I said, I grew up in Hawaii. So like swimming was just part of life. So like I didn't, but I, I can see like people that didn't grow up in like certain areas and that, that could debilitate them like quickly. Like, man, I'll never want to go in a pool ever again. And why would I ever want to go in a pool ever again or in water? So I mean, I'm sure I have like more examples, but that was like, yeah. The... And now that that kind of makes me feel like my story was not quite to what your point was because it's like now that you explained it like that post-traumatic and my post-traumatic growth story would be like when i lost my car when i say lost my car it's repossessed right so <laughs> like so like yeah i lost my car and uh you know that that whole thought it will first you think it's stolen and you're like you know you go into this panic and that's that right but then when you realize you know it sinks in they're like okay all right i i couldn't afford it anyway or my situation was bad anyway right yeah. But now from that post-traumatic stress, I actually do a pretty good financial, um, like I adjusted to it financially, right? Yeah. So now when I, I finance a car, I basically already look at, I'm not going to pay it to term. And I found out that's what a lot of entrepreneurs do anyway. They never pay anything to term. Uh, mm -hmm. They they basically, they get it at the, the longest, yeah, the longest yeah. term they can get, but they don't pay it to term. And- because of that traumatic stress, now I actually kind of look at it like that too. I was just like, unless it's something, 
listen, the payment's still going to be small, even if I made it short. Uh, yeah, I'll do it. But then, like, you can make it where the, you have the safety net of the the smaller payment because you put it in long term, but then you pay it off in two years, you know? Like, you, you the focus changes to make sure it's always, so, like, that's why my cars are paid off. I, and I try to, you know, say maybe it's not that, but no, it is that. Hey, everyone, quick interruption. I just wanted to say from both Craig and I, thank you for taking the time to listen to us and our random rambling about life. If you have enjoyed this and think even one other person will enjoy this, then please share out this link, whether you found us on YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or any other platform. It costs no money and little time, but would have a great positive impact for our podcast and brand. All right, enough with the shameless plug. Let's get back to the podcast. Yeah, and then uh, on to our next point, right? Self-efficiency. Uh, so I thought it said self-efficiency, and it's actually self-efficacy. Right? Yeah, I'm just so like... Yeah, I'm saying, hey, I, I knew what you were saying, so it's fine, man. It's okay. You're all good, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> man, that's how... That's... Okay, this is what... The, the detriment to not reading is that you definitely don't read the entire thing, and you kind yeah. of come up with your own words on certain things. So like, I, I read self-efficiency, and then it's so funny because on the thing, on the article, it's... Yeah it has the definition of self-efficacy right afterwards yeah and i still wrote self-efficiency so i thought it was... efficacy actually no that's me man no you have efficacy on here yeah. i just changed it i just changed, you changed it oh yeah. uh, man you look at it don't do me like that man yeah. you know i saw that because you sent me a text that yeah says... <laughs> and then I, I fixed it on there because i noticed that I, I was like man maybe i i did it wrong because uh my phone was like auto correcting to efficacy i was like why well, is it correcting to efficacy like i'm I don't even know what the hell that is. Like I've heard the terms, but I never. I didn't oh know. yeah, I'm but, looking at it now. It's like no, it is efficacy. Okay. Yeah. All right. Our next point is <laughs> that's eff- efficacy. See, and I'm jacking yeah. it up. Uh, you believe and have confidence that you can perform actions on your own without a lot of assistance. Yeah, that's probably me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I, 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 I like to put myself in the deep water and then like, ah, oh, I need some help now. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, like, it gives you a certain level of confidence. So, like, maybe you've had these conversations, maybe you haven't, with like other soldiers and stuff, where yeah. they feel like they can't, they they can't rent a house, they can't own a house, they can't pay certain bills, they can't do certain things, right, without you, right, or or without yeah. your help, right? Like, yeah. I can't do this task because you're not here to help me out, right? Where self-efficacy is the belief that you can, yeah, do certain tasks without necessarily needing. Or it's just the the belief or the the belief or confidence you have in yourself to do or produce something. You're talking about like if you produce something, you try to produce something that you have no knowledge at all about, but you have the no. confidence to do it. Is that it? No, 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 no. no. So okay. part of part of confidence is having the knowledge and, yeah, yeah. and knowing, right? So if, if you don't have knowledge and you still have confidence, that's not confidence. That's that's stupidity, like 100. percent like that, that's not because you're, you're not actually confident like that, it's not like because I promise you that's not confidence how how, how in any world is that confidence if you have no idea what you're doing now there's a difference between like if you read a book about it if you yeah. watch a YouTube video about it then yeah you have a level of confidence but if you're like man I'm a fly a plane and you don't even know how to drive a car yeah no that's that's not the same. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, you're right. Uh, it's just funny though to to actually be able to like say that. Oh yeah, no, I can do that. I've yeah. never seen that before. <laughs> it's yeah. like that commercial about the uh, would stay in a uh, was it like Lakita Inn or something like that? Like you stayed in a hotel and then like, oh no, it was a Holiday Inn, right? It's mm-hmm. like and then like you wake up and you have like the confidence to dock out whatever it is or something like that. <laughs> yeah. 
It, it was it was one of those hotel commercials. That that's what made me think about that. <laughs> Get a good night's sleep, and now you can do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I'm see, and that's kind of a a hard one because I believe you should always have a level of confidence to say you can do something, uh, as long as you've you've done, you know, like at least done the task before, or you've been sure. studying. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, you can have the level of confidence, but if you've never like, if you've never paid rent before, yeah, you've never paid bills before, you've never like you know, paid your own insurance, stuff like that. Where? What level of confidence do you really have, right? But going through those certain adversities, like say those specific things, I'm not saying those are adversities. I'm just saying like, that's just like a specific adversity I had to go through or I, I forced myself to when I didn't have money, right? And it's more like the difference or the spectrum of not having money and still having to do yeah. those things, right? Versus having money now and still being able to do those things, that's different, right? But having the self-efficacy to to do and it doesn't have to be necessarily paying bills right so yeah, yeah. let's if we go back to the the thing about swimming or like paying your car right you now have the self-efficacy that i know how to pay my own car off right yeah i know how to swim right that's just what it promoted in you because you went through a specific event or a specific event yeah no that no that, that makes a lot of sense man i'm just joking around man <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yes, uh, that a lot of the ad- adversities do put you in that situation. Um, definitely military, because um, that's probably why I keep a calm head about a lot of things. Mm. As I've learned uh, in the military, where breathing helps a lot with controlling uh, your heart rate. So, and then uh, same things like so, if you're doing combatives, right, to keep yourself from being uh, winded when you're uh, uh, while you're rolling, as they call they call it rolling. You can call it a bounce, whatever you want to call it, right. Uh, but in the process, it's very exhausting to sit there and grapple with somebody in cabatas. But the the only way to continue on so you're not exhausted is by breathing. Now, if you can control your breathing throughout the whole thing, same thing with running. A lot of these things came from uh, dealing with those issues, that adversity of running really, really fast, and then you gas out, right? Mm-hmm. But to extend that, uh, that stamina or to actually use that stamina, uh, and that endurance is control the breathing, control the breathing, mm-hmm. supplying the oxygen to the muscles. And you, you know what I'm saying? You can constantly keep going. Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, so yes, uh, self-efficacy is uh, something that you gain in this process. Man, it was such a word that I didn't even know that I, I was forgetting how to pronounce it. Yeah, like, yeah, you messed me up, man. You messed me up. <laughs> it's all right. Because <laughs> I was like, man, why is it self-efficiency? Is that even a thing, self-efficiency? I was like, self-sufficient. I would think yeah. that's a word, but I was like, and then I re-looked at it. I was like, efficacy, efficacy. I was like, ah, whatever. I was like, damn words. Yeah. I was going to blame it on like, my public school education or some shit like that. <laughs> well, you, well, you can't. Because now you're yeah, an adult. Yeah. And you, oh, now you're a contract oh, yeah, yeah, It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. Well, like, who cares about the bachelors and masters? It's all it all stems from the the public school education. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no. Once you become an adult, you control your destiny after that that point. Now, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Like uh, people still make excuses. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, that's the that's the whole point of having to deal with adversity. If yeah. kid, it it teaches you that you're you're no longer that product of your environment. You're no longer that apple that falls, you know, that doesn't, that falls, doesn't fall far from the tree. I'd say it right. Mm. Cause you know, a lot of these traits we pick up from our parents, uh, our teachers are, you know, people that are mentors that are around us. Mm. And, but once you completely, you, you, it's time to separate and try to execute on some of these thoughts and plans that we have. 
It requires you to to grow mentally, and you you have to just you you in a sense change. You know, every everything changes, and you, yeah, you no longer can kind of blame whoever was in your past that did this. Now, yes, there is sense of trauma that that stays with us. That that mental trauma that that keeps us from doing certain things. And I kind of like our last podcast where it was talking about the. Not now I forget what we were talking about. Self sabotage. Self sabotage. Yes, and it was a. Uh, it's all. It's a mental thing, right? Yeah, and it could come from some of that post traumatic uh, growth that doesn't. That's not positive. That's actually yeah. negative. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, man. And then another thing that you know, creating your own adversity does. At least it, it did for me is that it promoted finding the silver linings. Yeah. In situations, right? And, and I'll give you like a, a tangible example is that a couple months ago. Like I had a pipe burst, right? I don't know if I ever talked about it on the podcast or if I just brought it up, but you know, of course you know about it at the house. Like, and like, I've, I've never dealt with that, but you know, at the end of it, I was like, well, I have insurance. Let's call the insurance, right? Where I can get a plumber, get it fixed, whatever it is, right? And then, you know, calling the insurance. And then I realized, you know, insurance will cover like a decent amount of it, right? Like a good chunk of it, you know, minus your your deductible or, or premium, whatever it is. So like, I wasn't stressed and, you know, I was like, well, I get a new floor out of it. Like that, that's the silver lining is like, you know, I got new floor yeah. insurance covers most of it. And I don't have, like, of course I'm still stressed, but like, it doesn't, it doesn't like affect me as much. And that was a silver lining. Like, and, and some people were like, like when I was telling them about it, um, or when they heard about it, they're like, man, that sucks. I was like, eh, I was like, I get a new floor. <laughs> like, yeah. no, no, yeah. Cause that's just one problem. But then you get, yeah, you gain something in the end. Yeah. In a sense, it canceled it out. Cause those things can get expensive. The region yeah. on the floor. Yeah. Like, you know, I, which I found out because I was getting quotes and I didn't realize like just for the square footage that we have, and it was, we're only doing part with, um, I'm going to say part, basically the whole bottom floor and some were talking about $11,000, uh, you know, to do it. Yeah. And that's, that's demo the, the product that we purchase and then the labor. Yeah. And I was just like, I was like, dang, that's, dang, that's getting expensive now. And like, and finally I came up with an idea basically watch, uh, looking at Pinterest, uh, where a lot of, yeah, a lot of people, I didn't realize a lot of people was doing this anyway. They were like, just, just remove the carpet and just run the tile with the wood floor and, mm. uh, and it actually looked good. So I was like, okay. And call you a uh, Pinterest posting. Hey, Hey, sometimes you gotta, you know, you know, have yeah, a few, uh, yeah, get some ideas, yeah. man. Like I'm telling you, um, you, you kind of get stuck, you know, at, at, cause you're in your own mind. And yeah. I mean, you can ask people about it, but you know, not everybody knows about it. But then like with the internet, you have so many people and then yeah. people just like, Hey, I'm gonna just throw, let me, let me let people see what I've been working on. And you're like, man, that's a great idea. And you don't do exactly what they do. Some people do follow their actual directions, but like, it just gives me an idea that I'll go create my own thing. Mm. I didn't know like, Oh well, yeah. Kind of like what you're saying earlier. Now that I know I can do it, that's, that's what I'm gonna do. Like you're running that that four minute mile, you're like, no one, I haven't seen anyone do it in my, my area, but yeah. now I've seen someone do it and I'm going to try it. Right. And yeah. that was pretty much the same situation with the flooring. Like I didn't know, uh, I thought you, you need to demo everything and lay down something told, you know, saying everything new. Yeah. And, uh, I think that's a, a big thing that a lot of people don't realize is that a lot of their problems aren't necessarily problems. It's just, they have a lack of an idea to solve the problem. Yeah. And well, like, so one example that uh, I got from Jim Rohn is that uh, not having money is not a problem, right? Or not making yeah. money is not uh, is not a problem. 
The problem is that you don't have an idea on how you can use your talent to create money or to yeah. make money, right? So because you could solve a lot of your things with just a new idea or a different perspective, right? Yeah. And instead of thinking like, well, I don't have money, I can't make money. You can't make money in that specific job, maybe. You can't make money in that specific company, but you can make money doing something else. You can yeah. make money uh, with another company. So yeah, that that that's not the problem. It's just the lack of an idea is the problem. Yeah, yeah so I was listening to a podcast that, and it was along the same lines as that. The guest on there basically was saying that that awareness like, you know, mm. all the reason, the difference between a person that makes a uh, uh, hundred thousand a year and someone that doesn't make a hundred thousand a month is the awareness, right? Mm. Yeah. If you are aware that you could do it, you would do it. And mm. that's the kind of the same thing, right? If you could, you, if you knew exactly what it was, or if you've seen it before, then you would be able to figure it out. Mm. Yeah. So no, that, that actually sounds like a, you know. It's a good thing to, to keep in mind when when we're making decisions about our you know financial situation about like yeah. tapping. We're basically you give yourself your own glass ceiling instead of like yeah. looking you know you're looking to see the, if there's a glass ceiling you know yeah yeah you're not even looking up you're just kind of feeling something and yeah. you can't see it but you you feel something is there yeah but uh, have you ever had like a, a silver lining type of moment like something like, bad I, happened you're like ah like but at least you know this is still going on for me. You know, and I, I I hate this part about myself. Uh, Glass half empty, aren't you? Yeah, I, just, I, I once once something happens bad, I kind of just dump it. You know, what I'm saying if it wasn't mm -hmm. for the fact that the uh, some of the I guess I can call them traumatic things that happened to me when I was you know when I moved out on my own when when you you know you're you're broke your life get turned off all these different things right like those things they they stick with me to make me remember to always come up with a plan so. I mean, that's, that would be the silver line. Come up with a plan uh, for everything. Try to come up with your own safety net, where, you know, for all your different situations. But uh, a lot of the things, I, I dump them. On my problems, I, I, I dump them. Uh, because with the, I guess in the military, right, you, you just kind of persevere through a lot of things. Right. Or your resilience is very high. Yeah. So then I, I forget what I was, you know, what really caused me a problem. And I mean, you just like, uh, so say, take work for instance, right? Um, at one point, work is like super stressful, and you like you to the point where you wanted to quit, right? And but you then you you don't because you you actually persevere through it, and then you realize oh it's not that bad, and then you end up forgetting the whole thing altogether, like what was really the problem. And I that yeah from the military, like deployment was one of those things that taught me that, like yeah it sucks right now, but yeah but it's not that bad. And then and, and that's what that's what ended up happening. But then again, it still falls in line with the adversity, right? I didn't create the adversity, but the adversity that I had in my life created this a callus, right, to toughen my skin. Right? And then I, I and that's why I end up I let a lot of things roll off. And I use the the idea of you know how when people say, "Hey, you go to sleep," because it's not an idea. Actually, they say that's actually what happens when you go to sleep. You actually uh, refresh and you lose certain things in your memory, like that cause that cause you stress or call you whatever. And what I do is like, if something that's that super stressful, I try to make sure I get a good night's sleep, uh, which is hard mm -hmm. to do, but I still try. Right. And, uh, as time goes on, it disappears. Mm -hmm. That was no longer stress. And I'm actually focused on the task at hand. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm not saying that I haven't had a silver lining. I don't, I don't pay attention to it. Yeah. You don't focus on it. Yeah. yeah. 
And so then that's, yeah. And I, I think it's more because you, you don't focus on the stress. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. It, like you, it just, it just is, right? It's not yeah. like good or bad. It just is. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it, it just, yeah, it's just stress. And then yeah. I was watching a, a documentary. Uh, uh, it's explained on Netflix. And basically it, it talked about stress. And one of the, uh, as like a, a monk that was on there, and he basically says like stress is part of life, right? You treat it as it's your neighbor, it's your it's your best friend or whatever, right? Because it's mm -hmm. part of life. And if you mm -hmm. treat it like that, then it won't consume you, right? No, it won't scare you. Yeah. Because yeah, you're not making it bigger than it is. Yeah, exactly. And so like thoughts of that, like that that always pops in my mind. So when things get stressful, so then I just kind of, I kind of suck it up. And not to say that it it's not bothering me in some way, because you know, you never know down the line, it may have caused the problem, but it, I've learned how to adjust to it. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, a lot of people, the way they frame stress is that, like, oh, I don't want to be stressed, right? Just like, yeah. you know, I don't want to be in debt or uh, I don't want to be fat, stuff like that, right? Yeah. Um, but what that really builds on them is this like statement of belief where if I say, I don't want to be stressed, when I am stressed, I now have additional stress to it or I now have additional worry to yeah. it because I didn't want that situation. Now I'm in that situation and it's adding more and more stress. Uh, yeah. Similar to the thing where like, you know, uh, I don't want to be in debt. Now, when you're in debt, whether it's good or bad, you have this like overwhelming feeling of like insecurity of being able to pay off that debt or being able to utilize your talents to pay off that debt, right? Or or leverage the debt. And I just think it's things that we kind of build on ourselves. Like we said, like mental blockers that yeah. aren't necessarily like, they're not statements of fact, right? They're statements of belief, right? Yeah. Where like, if we kind of just say it is, like, like not the stress is good or bad, it's just like, it's stress and I'll deal with it. Like I would deal with anything else, right? Just like I would deal with like, like I said, like stuff like brushing your teeth, right? I don't have a good or bad feeling towards it, right? It's just brushing my teeth. It's just an action. Yeah. So if you, if you treated more things like that, there wouldn't be like all these other additional tertiary worries about stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that, that is our point. Reframe stress as a challenge. Uh, I mm. accidentally transitioned, transitioned into that, by the way. Uh, I mm. was, uh, no. yeah, 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 yeah. Too smooth. Too smooth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Couldn't even tell. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, because that's, uh, like I said, with that, the last point about the silver lining, it actually, to me, went hand in hand with, you know, just dealing with stress. And yeah. and then, yeah, so we actually, you see it as a challenge. Uh, like, hey, bring it on. Uh, yeah. Because my growth, I can't lie. My growth actually came from putting myself in stressful situations. Mm. It, it's never been where I kept it, kept it safe. And I then, like I was talking to my wife the other day, that I feel like there's a candle burning in me, but I I want that torch back that was burning in me, and mm. and I feel like that it's from I've leveled out to a certain point where I don't I'm ready for a new challenge. I'm ready for mm. a new stress. You know, and then and I know stress is you know people always look at stress as bad, but sometimes stress is good. It, it it keeps you sharp in a sense, right? Yeah. You're not you're not sitting there waiting. You're you're, you're not complacent, right? Yeah. Because a lot of things happen that's bad when you're complacent. You, you yeah. don't you don't see when something's coming, and uh, you do the wrong thing accidentally. So yeah, yeah. So using it as a as a challenge than than something that was hindering you is is so much better. Like reframing it is like the best. I think is the best thing to do with stress. Yeah. No. So like what um. My kind of part into that is kind of also like the silver lining portion is that, you know, when I had the pipe bursts and stuff, it, of course, you know, it caused stress. Um, and, you know, my silver lining was like, hey, I got, I got a new flooring and trench is going to cover it. The other part that I started thinking, I was like, man, I was like, because I never try to think of, you know, why did this happen? I always 
say like, you know, why, why couldn't this happen or why shouldn't this have happened? Yeah. Right. And to me, it was just like another opening where like, uh, I kind of realized I was getting too comfortable. Yeah. Like I was like, and I'm not a, a religious person or anything. It was kind of me like saying like, you know, someone thinks I'm being too comfortable. So I need more stress in my life. Right. So why not, why not have the pipe burst? Like, you know, just add a little bit more stress and, and, and you know, just this is right. Like, like I said, it, uh, reframing stress is a challenge. Right. Yeah. I, I don't shy away from it. And maybe it's just, you know, me being a guy or me being me. But I just think it's seeing it in a different way other than a challenge is like kind of foreign to me now. Like I never see or I never understand how people can be like so finicky. So like, like stressed out or buzzed out. Like, you know, you probably see people at work where they're like all freaking out or something like that. Yeah. Or like something needs to be done now. And they're just like going crazy. And you're like, like you can, you can just calm down. It's not that not that serious and even if it is serious like we can take care of it it's not like a huge problem yeah no it's a lot of times it it isn't uh that big of a problem because if you and maybe that's because i i use the extreme to in comparison right no like yeah yeah, so what i would do is like yeah well does anyone have a gun in my head right now so i would think that's extreme stress right yeah and exactly and that's the way you should frame it because like other than that why why be stressed about it Right. I'm not going to die right here. Like, it, it was, is someone like about to shoot me? Yeah. No, then, then nothing is going to hurt me as much as that. Yeah. So, and that's probably coming from the military because, like, that, that is your option. If you don't, you don't put yourself in a situation where you're not complacent, that's your, that's your alternative is death. <laughs> so, like, yeah, especially while you're deployed, you know, so you have to kind of stay on point. And that's why, I, you know, right away, you don't understand why your unit would actually, Keep your situation, keep your stress levels high. You think, oh man, they're messing with me. They're not, but then in a sense, no, they're trying to keep you from being complacent. That's why mm-hmm. they were still scheduling PT tests, you know, then, uh, yeah. you know, while you're still deployed and all this other stuff. And it was, it's just to keep you from getting to that point where you actually will cause probably in a sense more deaths because you, and it'll be those simple deaths, right? Car, uh, not, uh, um, uh, vehicle accidents on, mm-hmm. on post or whatever, because yeah. you're too complacent. You're not thinking about everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's why, like, you know, the, the statistics are for, like, you say, like, car accidents specifically um, happen within, like, what, a mile or two miles of your yeah. own home because you're used to that route you're taking, right? You yeah. expect something new to happen. Uh, so you may get into an accident because you're not, like you said, as aware at that moment. Yeah. All right, man. I guess we're getting down, down to our frugal and cheap. <laughs> All right, this one here is uh, going somewhere for free, for a free service. Sorry, messing that yeah. up, man. Yeah, going somewhere for a free service. Uh, your example is like going to Discount Tire or a uh, for a free tire rotation. I don't see yeah. anything wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, so like I did that because literally that's what I was doing yesterday because, you know, most places like if you get an oil change, they'll uh, ask if you need a tire rotation and you know, they typically charge you. I, I don't know yeah. what it typically goes for, but. But yeah, they'll ask you for a tire rotation. Like, so I either say yes or say no. I'll just take it to a place where I, can, I know I can get it for free. Yeah. Right. But you know, is that is that free or cheap? And and the reason why I say that is because if you go someplace and that's all you're going there for, like this is a business. They're not paying. Like you're not paying anything for it. Would you like? I don't know. Is that frugal? Is that cheap? I I did not. I, don't, I mean, I don't. I mean, if you have the time, especially especially if it's like, so say on the way home, right? You had somebody else do one service and then you go somewhere else to do another service. And uh, basically, if you're, I guess you have the time for it. This is kind of leisure. You're not really like cutting stuff out of your day. You know, it, like you're not messing everything up. I don't know. I think that 
in a sense, I, I guess you can sit it along the, the the frugal side. But if I guess if it's messing things up and you're still trying to do it and it doesn't make sense, and you're like, yeah. I mean, honestly, I do my own tire rotation. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and all you got to do. Uh, so what you're saying is that you can do my tire rotation. That's why I just heard. Four feet. Four, four, yeah. <laughs> why would I go to you, man? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so like uh no i just i do a lot of my own maintenance uh so it saves me time i can't do a lot of tire work because i it, it doesn't yeah, make sense yeah. for me to purchase a machine to actually take tires off of yeah, um, rebound the yeah, yeah yeah it doesn't make sense to have that i've done it before but it doesn't make sense to do it for i mean yeah. have the equipment here at home so uh, basically i take it to a tire shop uh usually it's usually the small mom and pop tire shops and they're yeah. they're happy with would charge you 60 bucks or whatever right and then yeah it, they mount your tire tires and balance them and because i do it all the time um i remember i needed to replace some sensors in the tires yeah I, yeah just same thing they bring it to them already purchased the sensors they for 60 bucks they they take all they put all the sensors they take all the tires off put the sensors in and then fill the tires put the tires back on re, uh what's that fill them up with air and rebalance them and yeah i'm like i'm a okay with it, and they don't take mm. long either. So, mm. <laughs> so, so yeah, because uh, like I'm already thinking of buying some new tires uh, for one of my cars uh, because I want fresh, sticky tires. You know, because I was yeah. I was trying to floor it one day, and the tires started to spin. I was like, no, nah, I need some new tires. Yes. And I'm already thinking, I'm like, let me buy these tires, and you know, obviously tires aren't cheap, but yeah, uh-huh. uh, it's you know, if you can buy them online, it's usually a discount, and then you take them to somebody. Uh, they usually just do the work, and if they charge sixty bucks to do this again, I'm like, well, I'm still winning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so I only said that, because, and I think it's the the time suck is the is the biggest difference. You know, doing doing it from a place like say if you're already doing oil change, and then they offer a tire rotation, it may not be free, but it's going to be quick or quicker yeah. than you know you having to travel someplace, get it done, and discount tire, if you, especially if you don't have an appointment. It's typically like long waits. Yeah. So like I think my wait was like three hours. I was only there for like an hour and a half, but like the initial wait was three hours. But you know, I had a computer. You know, I had Wi-Fi, so I was good. Like I was chilling. I was doing work. So in in my opinion, it didn't like take out time of my day. It's just you know maybe it wasn't my house, so I didn't have as much of a comfortable setting. But I was okay with it. Yeah. Uh, well, in this case, I I I still think it's frugal. Uh, like frugal it is. Yeah. All right, man. You want to close this out? Yes, sir. All right, everyone. Well, thank you all for listening. This is Jay and Craig signing off the Tribe Shooting Life podcast. If you like any of this content, please like and subscribe and share it out with anyone you think could benefit from this. And we'll see you all next week. See you next week.